Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, back to the show. I am speaking with the lovely Dr. Dominique Vanier, a naturopathic doctor, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about her story and dive a little uh, deeper into topics centered around digestion. So welcome to the show, Dr. Dominique. Thank you for having me, Madeline. So um, obviously, I kind of know you, um, but... Our guests and our listeners don't really know too much about you. So I thought maybe um, we'll talk sort of about your credentialing and like everything about your education, I think a little bit later. I think what's important maybe to start is going back in time um, and kind of getting a little sense of your story and how your experience has led you into this profession. So, uh, you know, let's, let's go back in time. Absolutely. Okay. So I, um, I actually fell sick, uh, when I was around 23 and it was, I can remember it pretty clearly. It was right as I was finishing my undergraduate degree, uh, in chemistry at Queens university. And I, at that time I, I started developing these really vague digestive issues and they were, um, very sporadic. So I didn't really, I didn't pay too much attention at the time. I thought it was because I was stressed um, and then they started happening more frequently. So, you know, a change, you know, a change in bowel patterns, um, you know, a lot of bloating. And at that time, I thought it was food allergies. And then everything started happening more frequently. And so, you know, I went to, I went to my family doctor who I have always had a pretty good relationship with. And, um, and, you know, at that time I was diagnosed with IBS. We had, we had looked at um, other things, you know, and when, when somebody is diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome, it's a diagnosis of exclusion. So we have to rule out um, a, lot of other, a lot of other conditions. And then, you know, things just weren't getting better. So I was kind of trying to play around a little bit with my food and kind of stress levels. And I really still just didn't understand what was happening to my body. And then other things started to occur kind of later on. So maybe within six, to six months to a year. And that included fatigue. So I was feeling extra tired all the time. Um, I was sleeping a lot more. And so typically I've always been good with seven and a half to eight hours of sleep, but I was requiring, you know, soon requiring nine hours, nine and a half, even 10 hours. And I slowly stopped feeling refreshed when I woke up in the morning, no matter how much sleep I had. Um, and then, you know, fast forward a little bit, um, you know, maybe two years later, I started getting chronic sore throats. So, uh, without being sick, so without an upper respiratory tract infection and they would happen at night. And then when I would sleep, they would, they would resolve by the morning and then they would occur again the next day towards the night. And I, it was just such bizarre things that were happening. Um, I started to gain weight without changing you know, my diet or lifestyle, which I found to be weird because I was consistently going to the gym and I was eating quite a clean diet. 
And then, you know, um, maybe fast forward a few years later, I started to lose a significant amount of weight. Um, so, you know, just weird things. And then um, what kind of really I found a little bit troubling was I started developing multiple chemical sensitivity where I was getting um, significant uh, tummy pain and nausea to chemicals. And that could be started with perfumes and then it expanded to cleaning supplies, um, petrochemicals. Um, and so I, I would have to leave, you know, the room or that offending uh chemical, whatever it was, in order for the, the headache and the, and the stomach pain to resolve. Yeah, so some really weird um, health issues were kind of occurring over the course of uh, several years in my early to mid-20s. So, so it kind of just, it started showing up with like one thing and then it sort of led to another thing. Um, did your physician at that time, like, was it a puzzling thing? Was, was, it, was there a lot of uncertainty during that time while you were undergoing tests and things like that? Like, how were you trying to manage just even the stress of trying to figure out what's going on? Right. Yeah, well, we, so blood work was all normal, um, you know, normal conventionally. At that time, I, I obviously was not trained as an naturopathic doctor, so I didn't have the skills to kind of look at it a little bit deeper. But um, my doctor was quite good at referring me to other specialists. So I was first referred to one gastroenterologist. Um, and, you know, we didn't, I guess, have the best relationship with that GI doctor. Uh, he just said, uh, you need to poop better. Um, so take Metamucil. And that actually made me worse. And then I was referred to another um, GI doc. And uh, we had a better relationship. And I ended up having a colonoscopy at age uh, 25. So that's it's quite young. Um, and, and that was completely normal. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I, I saw some other specialists too, and, and everything was just coming back normal. You're fine. Right. That was often what I would hear. You're fine. Um, you know, one doctor said stress is good for you. And that was something that really stood out to me because I remember thinking, I still feel these digestive symptoms when I'm not stressed on vacation. So stress can't really be the only contributing factor to my to my health issues. So um, while I did see a lot of specialists, I really wasn't getting any answers and I continued to feel more and more confused and frustrated too. That was a big, that's always a big part of really, I think anybody's chronic health issues is there's, there's this element of frustration because you just don't understand what's happening to your body and your body feels different than when you felt kind of normal, quote unquote. Yeah. So you were schooling at that time. Were you working at that time as well? Like, you know, kind of what was going on, you know, what were some of the sources of maybe stress or not stress, but right. was there anything going on in your life aside from the digestive issues that may have been a mm -hmm. contributing factor? Mm -hmm. So I guess I've always been quite, I guess, ambitious with respect to work. And so I was working um, at that time in my, I guess, my former career as a senior policy advisor in Queen's Park um, for the Ontario government. And I was doing my master's part-time, which was basically full-time master's because I was taking four or five courses while working uh, full-time at the University of Toronto. So there was, you know, looking back there, there probably was a, a large element of stress in my life just because I, at that time I was still learning that you can take on, you know, you can take on too many things and that can affect your health. So that was a skill that I have obviously learned over time over the last 10 years. Um, but um, you know, like I mentioned, even 
kind of in the absence of those stresses when I was on vacation, I was still experiencing really no change in my digestive symptoms and a lot of food sensitivities. And even taking out those food sensitivities, um, you know, like dairy and gluten, corn, soy, all of that, um, it helped, but it did not resolve everything. So, yeah. So that's probably a, a good segue into, so, okay. So, you, you know, you, you get the IBS, um, you know, syndrome diagnosis. And so how, like, how did that inform your treatment? Um, cause I know sometimes you get the diagnosis and then you're like, okay, now what? Um, <laughs> you know, so, so what did you do? Like, what was, what were the things you were trying, um, Mm-hmm. to see would help. Mm-hmm. It, so interestingly, um, I actually had a few girlfriends when we were in our early to mid twenties that were also diagnosed with other digestive issues. And so one of them who's actually a holistic nutritionist now, she was diagnosed with celiac and she said, um, celiac disease. And so she said, go to see a naturopathic doctor. So at that time I saw a naturopathic doctor and it was really, um, kind of life-changing for me. Um, because, you know, we, we did things that were really not part of the conventional medical system. So that was really analyzing my diet, you know, my, my foods that I was taking in, looking at certain supplements, um, trying to promote kind of, uh, less symptoms. So less of the bloating, the abdominal pain, the more regular bowel movements. Um, so that really significantly helped me. And that was a very much an eye opening experience. And it was around that time where, I realized um, I, I needed to do something more and um, I was, you know, um, I felt like I had a sense of purpose at that point. And so I actually ended up leaving my old job, um, which was a really big decision for me because it, uh, my career was going quite well at that time. And I enrolled again in school um, for another four years at uh, the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto to do my four-year doctor of naturopathic medicine. So at that time, I made the decision to become a naturopathic doctor myself, more because I wanted to be able to help other people who were experiencing digestive symptoms, you know, issues, or even just chronic health conditions, and then also to better understand what was going on with my body too. It's interesting. Oftentimes, we have life throws us, you know these obstacles that, you know, uh, or challenges. And in the process of finding our own solutions, uh, it develops into, you know, a passion to want to help others um, find solutions to their issues, right? So you're finding all these solutions, you're spending the time and energy trying to solve this problem. Then you're like, hey, I could probably solve this problem for other people too, Um, which is amazing, right? so when you like how do you under how do you understand now what all these symptoms like how do you what's the question i'm trying to ask how do you understand what's going on with you right because there's a multiple different symptoms you were having how do you make sense of that how do you make sense of them all yeah um i recognize that mine was is more, it still is. As a chronic condition, this is a highly relapsing condition. Um, Some days you feel 90% and the next day you may feel like you're back to 20%. 
Um, I, I've always taken more of a research oriented approach to my, to my practice and to myself. So I try to stay on top of the research with respect to irritable bowel syndrome. And, you know, something that's a little bit newer <clears throat> is something called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which I have as well. And so, um, you know, staying on top of the research, understanding kind of the, the great, the, sorry, the brain gut connection. So there is, there is, yes, there's a strong stress component, but digestion, impaired digestion can also cause issues with stress as well. Um, what, what I find to be quite fascinating, I was looking at a study recently um, and it looked at stressful situations between people who have IBS and people who do not. And what they did was they, they took, um, you know, the people who did have IBS into a room and I, I can't remember, they, they basically created a stressful situation. I think they may have said really mean things to them. And they did the same with people who do not. And then they measured the inflammatory markers, something called cytokines in both the placebo group. So the, I guess the normal population and the IBS group. And in the normal population, these inflammatory markers started to subside almost immediately after the stressor was gone. And in the IBS group, it could last for hours to days after that stressor. So really understanding personally um, how much stress and workload can play a significant um, impact on my daily symptoms was a big thing for me. Setting my own boundaries. So, you know, often saying yes, but also recognizing that I need to say no to a lot of things. Making sure that I prioritize sleep in my life always. Um, you know, continue to commit to an anti-inflammatory diet that generally is lower in fermentable carbohydrates because I know that those foods really aggravate me. Um, all uh, good quality foods, nothing that comes from a package. We make all of our own food here. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of supplements that I've tried. Some of them have really helped, some of them haven't. And, and that's why supplements are really good at an individual level, working with, you know, your primary care provider. But personally, I found um, probiotics to be really helpful. Um, magnesium to, you know, really help with, uh, with sleep, with stress and with bowel movements, vitamin C, like there's a, there's a really long list of things that I found to be quite helpful um, for me. Yeah. And, and obviously it's worth noting, uh, to our listeners, uh, you know, check with your primary healthcare provider before taking anything. Uh, this is for informational purposes only. Right. Um, so it, because as you said, some things may work for people while other things may not, and you need to have somebody, um, monitoring your response so that they can advise you appropriately on making the making the changes, right? We, so obviously, yeah, definitely. That's your public service announcement. You're welcome. <laughs> um, okay, so you so you made a lot of changes in your food, um, not just what you eat, but did you also make changes to like how you eat? Like, do you are you eating on a scheduled time? Um, are you ensuring that you're eating in a, you know, that you're making, you're allowing the time to eat it in a non-stressful and busy manner? Like, you know, so it's one thing just to what you intake, but I, I guess there's something to be said for how you intake it too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I need to be in a rest and digest or a parasympathetic state, which just means um, basically in a relaxed state, not doing work, 
in order to properly digest my food. And when I properly digest my food, there is a significant correlation personally, um, you know, with how, with how I've digested on one day and my symptoms the next day. So for me, there's always a delayed approach. Another important point too is people who have IBS or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, they uh, need to eat proper meals throughout the day. So either three proper meals with about three to four hours in between, um, and then maybe a snack at around the three o'clock time if they get extra hungry there. And that's because in this population of people, myself included, um, there's something called the migrating motor complex. And what that is, is that's just the subconscious cues that our, our brain sends to our gut to, to move food through the digestive tract. This signal is impaired. And this is important because when we're eating constantly throughout the day, this signal doesn't happen until about three or three and a half hours after our last meal. And so because the signal is already a little bit messed up, we want to actually leave a good amount of time between our meals to allow for the signal to actually happen, to promote, to promote you know, um, a good bowel movement the next day, but also to help decrease those classic IBS symptoms like the pain, the spasms, the bloating, the gas. Um, and so, you know, really tuning into my body has been an important because these things, obviously, I didn't know these things 10 years ago, but it's kind of through the research and then really, um, really listening to how I feel while I'm eating um, has been really important for helping my digestive symptoms. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of it is awareness, right? You have to almost... Um become your own researcher, right? You, you got to research your body. You need to understand it because the best person to heal you is you, right? You know, like you're the main healer. Of course, you seek out helpers to, um, you know, guide you along the way, but you know, you have to listen. And I think that's, um, a, it can be a challenge in a busy world, taking the time out to reflect and listen to to our bodies um definitely yeah definitely and one point is that's why sleep is so important for people who have digestive symptoms because when we heal we heal often mostly while we're sleeping and so prioritizing sleep is is of paramount importance absolutely absolutely um so you i mean you talked about stress um, but maybe we could talk a little bit more about, you know, how is stress playing a role in your picture or, or just even in the picture of IBS? Um, because obviously like in my research from, you know, a pelvic floor physiotherapy perspective, I mean, IBS, um, of course, is a diagnosis of exclusion, and perhaps we use different words for it in, in our research. Um, it's a syndrome that's listed under what's known as central sensitization, where basically there are changes that happen neurologically, both in the body um, as well as in the brain of how we process you know, stress, how we process, how our immune system responds to the environment, um, you know, how our thoughts and feelings and emotions impact the internal environment. So there's like this big interacting system between immune, hormones, um, in, inflammatory markers, um, the nervous system, et cetera. 
so that was really long-winded. Uh, so I, I'm just curious to understand from a naturopathic perspective how stress is seen Definitely. play a role. Yeah. I'll first start off by my experience there where, where at the time, when, just before I was sick, I, when I was at, in my last year of university, um, I really pushed it. I was leading my student government and working, working on top of being a full-time student and doing a chemistry, uh, chemistry thesis. Um, like 30 to 40 hours a week. It was a really demanding position and I, and I loved it, but I didn't realize that that was just, it was really just too much for me and it was stressful and it was stressful all the time. And I think looking back, it was, it was kind of that longstanding stress that was the um, offender or the trigger to what I started to experience in terms of um, bowel movement changes and digestive symptoms. And so in, in discussing this with a lot of my patients, often, you know, they'll be able to clearly identify some sort of stressful trigger in their past, whether it's the death of a loved one or um, a divorce or, or just something that's significant in their life that preceded the onset of these digestive symptoms. And so, um, and then, and then when the digestive symptoms start, it's almost like the stress resiliency changes. And and you know, obviously the research. Is, has looked at this, but there's still a long way to go. But for some reason, um, including myself personally, the amount of stress or um, kind of workload that I can take on now, the resiliency is different than how it used to be. And, you know, um, we also know that there's often something called dysbiosis or kind of a change in, bac in bacterial composition in the, in the digestive tract um, in this group of people. And, um, you know, uh, so that, that may play a role too, because we, we, we know that, um, whatever's going on in the gut can impact anxiety and depression. And so, um, the whole, like the whole thing is, is really interrelated. There's a lot, you know, new research coming out now showing that if we address the gut, um, levels of anxiety and depression can drop. So, it's kind of the chicken or the egg argument, right? Where stress is often the the trigger, but then but then the ability to handle stress in the future changes too. Um, so obviously that that's not a clear answer for you. But well, well I, I think, you know, I think it turns into a vicious loop and then it, you know, as, um, you know, the, the syndrome or the symptoms progress, uh, it starts to become a chicken or the egg and where, you know, I think the, the, the biggest challenge at that point is where do you put the spoke in the wheel? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, if you're not, you know, you're not sleeping well because your tummy hurts and you're under stress and then you don't sleep well, which makes your tummy hurt and you have more stress. And, and, and so it becomes a cycle, um, that feeds into itself. Uh, and, and the, and that's, I think, you know, the challenge is where, where do you focus your energies? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what's, what's interesting I've come across in some of my research is something to do with the vagus nerve. And I know you've, you've read a lot about this too, where yep. this, this is the nerve that primarily innervates the digestive tract. And within this group of people, um, there is some sort of weird communication to put it you know, simply along this nerve that can affect um, our digestive tract and then cause certain symptoms. And this nerve is also the 
primary kind of relax relaxation nerve too. Um, so that's that's part of the picture as well. Is there's definitely like a, a nervous system aspect here that we're continuing to research, and we kind of understand. But there's again, there's so much more that needs to be done. Absolutely. Well, I mean, lots of research, uh, again, from a physiotherapy perspective, because, you know, with all these digestive issues and sleep issues and chemical sensitivity issues, uh, chronic pain, right? So like from a physiotherapy realm, we, I deal with the, you know, chronic pain syndromes, but uh, when I'm dealing with the chronic pain, they're not just coming in with a persisting pain. They're coming in with this and all sorts of other um, sensitivities that, you know, we're trying to understand the relationship between all of them, because when, you know, when digestion goes off, you know, off course, pain goes off course. And so from a physiotherapy perspective, you know, we're learning to try to calm the nervous system through mindfulness, through meditation, through breathing, through um, very specific calming and relaxing body movements to create a response in the nervous system that hopefully then cascades into the immune system, into the hormonal system by decreasing cortisol um, and adrenaline and all sorts of other stress hormones. And that when we impact those, it, 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 it starts to have a positive snowballing effect. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, patients get a little confused because they're like, you know, I'm coming in for this pain problem and you're teaching me how to breathe and relax. And I'm like, yes, I am. Um, because of that fact, right? Um, we know that the diaphragm has both a conscious and a subconscious um, like ability for us to use it. And we can use breathing to tap into, as you mentioned, the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest, digest, and repair. Well, what yeah. does somebody with a, you know, a persisting pain um, situation need well they need the repair yeah right it's so fascinating how interconnected the body is it really is yeah yeah and and you know and that's and that's important because when we talk about somebody's treatment plan you know either pelvic physiotherapy or naturopathic medicine we need to look at the whole person so it's it's not just about looking specifically at at the digestive issues it's really about you know any other any other contributing factor other systems in the area, you know, really trying to heal the whole person um, because everything's so interconnected. The, you know, most of our immune system, for example, 70% of it or so is located in the gut. So sometimes we end up seeing, you know, immune system dysregulation often, often we'll see that in people with digestive issues. And, and so, you know, um, yeah, we got, this, this, this is the model I think that slowly we're moving towards, but uh, we, uh, we can do better. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, that's what, you know, the leading researchers are, are seeing is, you know, we, we can do better and, you know, we're, we're looking to understand more. And as we understand more, um, you know, within our professions, uh, that's why we try to stay on top of our research and stay on top of our current understanding of um, what we know. And we're always looking for the things that we don't know. Um, Sometimes, you know, we're actively looking. Sometimes, you know, we'll have somebody come in with something that we're like, oh, this is a different, 
you know, pr presentation. I need to go research this because, you know, it's, it has to be somewhat individual because everybody's different. Um, so the learning just never stops. And, and it doesn't stop for the person who's actually going through it. So maybe a good, um, you know, uh, finishing question would be, you know, like, what does it mean for you to live a healthy life despite having this persisting condition? Like That is a good question. Yeah. I think it's all about quality of life and it's about expectations. And something I didn't really talk about was, you know, slowly after I got the diagnosis of irritable bowel syndrome, there was this, this time of almost grief for me. And I see this in a lot of my patients too, where anytime somebody is diagnosed with a chronic health condition, your life changes. Like it's, it's chronic. Um, and so, so that, that may mean that you will have it for the rest of your life and your life may never be like how it was before. And that was something that hit me a little bit hard um, because I, I knew things had changed and I felt so, I was so young. I was 23, but I moved through that. And I think that I'm a much stronger person today. And I've, I've really, you know, used that to be able to help other people and allow them to, you know, see their health condition pos positively um, in order to, to try to live a healthier life um, because I've been able to do that. Um, and so, like I mentioned before, I really do feel like I've found this new sense of purpose and, and having this condition has allowed me to, um, you know, engage or relate to other people, um, very like, uh, you know, at, at a certain level of, of empathy that maybe I didn't have before. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm at, I'm at a really good stage in my life and, and no, I don't, you know, I, I have not put my condition into remission, but it is, it is much better than it used to be. Um, and I really do just love and thrive reading about, um, the research and, and how, you know, natural therapies can, um, I just, I, I really love that. And, and I, and I feel like my quality of life now is, perhaps even better than, you know, when it was in my early twenties, just because I understand my body and my boundaries, um, so much more than I, than I ever have. Yeah. Thank you for that. Cause I, I and I, and I think that it was a good point to bring up, um, you know, the grief because, um, I think that's a really hard one for people to accept because you have to, a, you have to change and change is really hard, but then the realization that you know, you can't just go on a six week, change your diet for six weeks and you, you know, and then go back. Exactly. Right. And, and that's maybe perhaps a harder part is realizing that there is no going back. Right. Um, and having said that, you know, also to our listeners, you know, if, if you're having a hard time kind of coping with that, you know, there are other specialists who specialize in helping people move through that process, you don't have to do it alone. Um, you know, psychotherapy, psycho, like there are other people who are passionate about helping others work through that process. So you don't have to do it alone, but understanding that that is part of the journey, right? Absolutely. And, and I think also what's important is, um, is this integrative medical model that we are slowly moving towards where there are a whole bunch of experts or specialists around 
the patient and the patient is at the center of that. And it's not that one is right or one is wrong, but it's that I think as a collective, we can get results a lot better when we're all working together integratively around the patient. Because, you know, I, you know, take in aspects of Eastern medicine, Western medicine. My scope is different than a, f a family doctor or, a, you know, a medical practitioner. And, and from the, the mental emotional counseling aspect, um, often I'll refer. And so, you know, we do have a lot of really amazing health services available um, that can absolutely benefit somebody in a whole bunch of ways. Absolutely. Um, so I think that was a really helpful discussion sharing um, your knowledge, uh, but how, you know, how your story really informed that knowledge and has taken you down this um, healing journey. And now you get to share that with others. And I think that's um, really important. So thank you so much for be being willing to um, share that story. Actually, I had one thought that came to mind is if people want to connect with you, Mm -hmm. Where can they connect with you? They can find me online at uh, com, And I am currently working in Mississauga at High Tech Physiotherapy and in Oakville at Abaton Integrative Medicine. And for those who are located perhaps at, at distance in Ontario, I'm also able to do um, telemedicine consults as well. So um, so lots of options for yeah. people to connect with, uh, with you and get more, um, information if they you know, feel moved to do, to do so. We will post, uh, that link in the show notes for everybody. And, uh, we just want to say thank you to our listeners for, uh, supporting and make sure to, uh, hit the subscribe button. So you stay up to date with all of our episodes. Thanks again. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.